everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. How you doing? Feeling good? Great. How are you doing? I'm good. How's your new year? New year is going great. Have you set a bunch of resolutions? Because we're going to trash them all today. Nope. (laughs) I I did... I did read an article, though, about vitamin D mm-hmm. and the importance of vitamin D. And oh, yeah. I did start taking vitamin D. But that has yeah, nothing to do big. with being in the new year. That has to do with me reading this article and saying, that's me, check. That's me, check. Thinking I probably need yeah. to get some more vitamin D. You in know, me, so. I'll bet that we are going to be able to find a tie-in with our conversation today and your vitamin D. We might. I, I feel pretty. I feel pretty good about it. Before we dig into this conversation, all about how we handle our transition to new year, uh, we're we just want you to learn a little bit more about the show. You can head over to takecontroladhd.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can lean, <laughs> lean, lean. You can in. listen. You can listen <laughs> to the show right there on the website, or subscribe to our mailing list at TakeControlADHD.com. We'll send you an email each week when uh, every time a new episode's uh, released. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at TakeControlADHD. But to really connect with us, join us in the ADHD Discord community. Super easy to jump into the general community chat channel. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord and you'll be whisked over to the general invitation and login And if you're looking for a little bit more, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With just a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. All right. Do we have any news? Yes, we have some news, Pete Wright. Uh, I'm excited to share with the audience and let you guys know that we have a couple of coaching groups that we are going to be promoting here soon. Uh, you can go check them out at our website at takecontroladhd.com. ADHD.com. Under our uh, services, you will see a section there for group coaching. Uh, We are going to be doing our Overwhelmed with ADHD group again, which is a six-week group that's going to be coming up. And we're also going to be doing a group uh, with women and ADHD. So those uh, are going to be on the site where you can put your name on our waiting list. And as soon as we have more information and more details, we will send an invite. Uh, to you in your inbox. That's right. And waitlist people find out first. That's right. They get get the nod first. So uh, make sure you get on that on that waitlist uh, available right now. Okay. So we talk about the new year. Yes. Resolutions, resolutions, Nikki Kinzer. Uh, we've, so, we've talked about setting goals and stuff in the past. What's your yes. current current status on setting resolutions and goal setting and such? You know, I've always said this. I'm not a big resolution person. I don't think it matters if it's uh, January 1st or if it's, you know, May 3rd. 
yeah. maybe May 3rd is when you want to, you know, try something new. So I don't think the timing really makes much of a difference. I know that the new year, it brings that opportunity because it feels new. But really, come on, December 31st really does feel the same as January 1st. There isn't really a whole yeah, lot. Of- I, I guess... <laughs> I guess that's true. I I'm not. I'm also not that big uh, in, and and I don't. I I don't think much of resolutions because we know. I mean, all the the data supports it. Like most people, don't follow through with the resolutions that they set. Right. It's just right. they say I'm going to go to the gym, and by February first, nobody's going to the gym. Right. And I think I think that's that that there like there are some people who are wired for resolutions, and some people who just aren't. And I am historically not wired for resolution. So we'll talk a little bit about what, kind of how I I frame my transitions throughout the year uh, later. But I was on Mastodon the other day and found this post <laughs> that I just it really connected with me. And so I sent mm-hmm. you and Melissa a screenshot to see what you thought. I'll just I'm just going to read it. Sure. Um, because it, it was a link to uh, an article in the Washington Post, which we will also post. But I'll put the little screenshot in the show notes, too. So uh, each year, this is from Emily Landau, Emily Landau at disabled.social on Mastodon. Each new year, I see posts on working harder, being tougher, going further. As a disabled person, I realize this hustle culture leaves no room to be gentle with ourselves. Lots of people set SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T, capital SMART goals. Uh, I came up with FUN goals. FUN stands for Flexible, Uplifting, and Numberless Goals. If I change my mind, it's okay. If it doesn't feel right or bring me joy, I can stop. If I miss a day, there's always tomorrow. Grateful to the Washington Post for sharing my fun goals approach in this piece. And click through and you go visit uh, Emily's article. And she outlines uh, the, uh, the the components that go into setting mm-hmm. fun goals and why she started documenting kind of how uh, goals work for her. And I think, you know, while she is writing from the perspective of, of uh, 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 somebody who's uh, disabled and, and as a dis- disability advocate and writer, uh, I really find it on the neurodiversity spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. it, it feels like it really hit home for me too. So before I just mm-hmm. kind of plow through, how did it hit you? What do you oh, think? I think- The same. I mean, I feel like when you talk about uh, joy and having joy in your goals, like that really resonates, right? Who we want that? We don't want it's. It feels so much like it's a. um, It's a. It is a hard thing to change habits and to have these goals, but the way the the expectations that we put ourselves around these resolutions, it just feels so negative. And I like that, that she really spins that into being something that's a lot more positive and realistic. Yeah, I think so too. And, and as much as I really, you know, appreciate, uh, smart goals, and we've talked about different kinds of goal settings, goal setting methodologies. I think it's really important when you're looking for this kind of like maturing change in your life to, Mm -hmm. to find a methodology for you that works with sort of the spirit of kindness like right. self-kindness and self-forgiveness. So I what what struck me first was Emily's reflection on hustle culture, right? That if yeah. you're not constantly striving for more success or for another thing that you're trying to accomplish or do, that you're somehow failing. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like maybe it's because I'm getting older. You would know because you're older than me. Uh, that, Thanks for that. <laughs> I, <laughs> that I was a little a couple, dig. I only have a couple of months and I'm living it up because my I wife's know. doing the same thing to me. I'm so sure it's a real <laughs> trickle down. Um, for, for me, it's really about, uh, one, I, I think about the assumptions of my youth. Right. Mm-hmm. My, like my mm-hmm. first first big corporate job, you know, I'm in my 20s and I'm really trying to figure out how to stand out and work harder and work later, longer days, longer nights, like really trying to figure that out. And those and, and you know, the, when I was in sales, I was studying Zig Ziglar a lot. Zig Ziglar. Right. Right. Grief. Right. So uh, I, I, I want to be aware of the assumptions of my earlier self, because those don't really hold up for long-term health and forgiveness. And don't be too hasty in second-guessing the wisdom of others who have come before me. And Mm -hmm. I think when I was younger, I would dismiss a lot of the wisdom of my elders, right? But honestly, they came to those same conclusions that I am now coming to, uh, in some cases, earlier. And and so I I feel like... um, I, I need to be aware of my assumptions challenging worldview in, in terms of long-term health uh, for right. myself. And the third one, and this is the one that I think is really hitting home with this, this piece, which is you just don't have to earn joy by experiencing hardship. It's not transactional. You right. can find ways to be happy and joyful without feeling a lot of pain first. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hurt to feel good unless you're in the gym, right? right. At some point, you're going to get sore when you do that. But that's not a good metaphor for anything else, right? right. And that, I think, is important. <laughs> People use the metaphor of working out like, oh, I've got a, my muscles hurt. That pain, must mean no I'm growing. Gain. Yeah, or, no pain, right, no gain. It's so yeah. stupid. It's so yeah. stupid. That only works in a gym, right? You can yeah. find a way to navigate. I, I really believe this. Like, we can choose to navigate in a way that finds finds joy. And we aren't so hard on ourselves. Does yeah, that mean I, anything to you? <laughs> oh, it means so much to me, especially when you talk about success and tying it into this hustle culture, because I see this time and time again, that for some reason, you only find success if you check everything off on your to-do list, mm-hmm. but you never check everything off of your to-do list. So you never right. feel success. And that is such a dangerous place because, um, you know, first of all, you're not recognizing what you are doing and you're not, you know, that that you're just not even looking at it. You're just looking at everything that's left. So it's terrible for your, uh, your own self-compassion. And, and, uh, but if we can detach that it, you don't have to be hustling all the time to still be successful and you don't have to, uh, earn joy by experiencing hardship. That's just really important to think about, like really to sit and and think about what, what am I setting myself up for when I'm looking at these expectations of myself? Like, am I looking to experience only hardship? And that's the only way that I can get it. Um, or is it, you know, the success piece is the only way I can feel successful is if I get all of this stuff done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it definitely resonates. Sure. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, you know, so I, I figure let's let's just walk really quickly through Emily's. Yeah, uh, she has these They're seven kind of top sort of 
tools or or sort of uh, I don't know ideological bullets yeah, for fun right. goals that I really right. like and uh, and I, I just want to see how they hit. And the first one is I think a direct transition off of that last point. Focus mm-hmm. on how you want to feel. This then focuses on how to find that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to feel, if, if if like the new year is a chance for you to just reflect on kind of how what how do I want to present in the world? I want to feel more connected to my family. I want to feel healthier. And I want to feel, uh, you know, uh, like I'm growing uh, and uh, that I'm, you know, intellectually stimulated. Um, if you focus on those feelings, you'll be able to find the constituent elements that that will get you there. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to feel stronger when you get up in the morning. Well, that might imply that you actually go to the gym and get stronger. Mm-hmm. But you'll know when you've achieved it because you feel stronger when you get up mm-hmm. in the morning, right? You don't have to the beat yourself up over numbers. The emphasis yeah. is on the feeling. The emphasis is on answering that question. I'm experiencing the world in one way. I wonder if there's another way I could experience in the world and then determine how I get there. I mean, you're, this is your vitamin D uh, right. trip, right? At some point, you checked off a bunch of boxes that said, this is, I'm feeling this way. And it turns out I might not have to feel this way and one of the tools to get there is by amping up my vitamin D intake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's absolutely. kind of what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about some uh, that that the 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 standard medical advice is you should have X number of milligrams of vitamin D every day. The what we're saying is let's go ahead and see how we're feeling and see if we can improve how we're feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Knowing full well that the medical industry doesn't say, you should take a lot of cocaine every day because you shouldn't right. do that if you want to feel more alert. But no. you get it. <laughs> right, I get it. I get it. And I do like that. I like that you're focusing more on the feeling. And and uh, one of the things that struck me was if you're wanting to feel more connected with people, then you, know, mm-hmm. you plan that once a month dinner with a friend or you make sure you have a family dinner every night or every week, not every night. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's looking at it from just a different perspective. I just still like with everything, we have to make sure that we're checking our ADHD and just making sure that our expectations are not, you know, over achievable. Like, you know, I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, can you still, can I do the vitamin D with just doing the vitamin D and not feel like I have to add a bunch of stuff to it? Right. That's that's where we want to kind of just make sure that we're not going uh, outside of what we realistically can do. Well, and I, I just what is that? What does that mean? Adding a bunch of stuff to it? Just so I'm because clear. I could see I could see it going into add vitamin D, add 30 minutes of exercise, add meditation yeah. in the morning, add a walk at lunch every single day. Add. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cleaning. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, um, <laughs> it could go down a rabbit hole really yes. fast. Why? Because I want to feel great. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. feel if, energized. If this, if this makes me feel good, <laughs> then what if? Right. But you know, I'm starting it, with the vitamin B or vitamin D pill. Like yeah. that's that's that I can do, and I've been doing. So I feel good about that. Oh, what's funny though, and I, I the the reason I I poke at that is because I heard a completely different thing where my brain went is. Like, I can I do vitamin D without acting, adding a bunch of stuff to it? As in, I commit that I want to try taking vitamin D because I think that's going to make me feel better. Let go of the fact that it's vitamin D. I'm using that as a continued example. Right. Can I do it without 
you know, how many alarms am I going to have to set in order to remind me to take vitamin D? And if I fail taking vitamin D because I miss an alarm or ignore an alarm, am I going to feel, therefore, like a failure as a person because of it? Because right. that doesn't meet the need. <laughs> no, know? and you know what's so interesting that we're talking about this is that one of the things I did when I decided I wanted to start taking vitamin D is I thought about how am I going to remember to do it? And I know that it's different for me because I don't have ADHD. I do have a system, though, around this that I had mm -hmm. to think about. And I think that that's where it will help with other people with remembering this piece, right? Because taking medication is really easy to forget. Mm -hmm. um, I do have this little routine that's part of my morning routine. It's the very last thing I do before I leave the bathroom is I, I get all of the pills that are on my top drawer and I have all the pills that I need to take that morning and I put it on my cell phone and my iPad and then when I move into my office, all of those pills go with me. <laughs> and then when I go and I, um, you know, get ready to work, I take all of those pills first thing in the morning yeah. before I start working. So there sure. is this like, like I did think about how am I going to get this done? I'm going to attach it to something I know already works and that's right. how I'm going to get it done. So it is interesting. Like, I guess my point is that you know, you can still, you, you just have to think about where it's going to fit in to make it work so that you don't have yeah. to like worry about the the reminders yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And again, we're not talking about vitamin D. We're no. using vitamin D as a <laughs> mad lib an, fill in the blank for totally. anything you want to do. Like we don't, we know that we're not, this is not about vitamin D. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it, it does lead us directly to the second point, which is don't set goals that drain you right? Don't yes. set goals that drain you. And I think that's maybe where I was going with the the ADHD sort of alarm, cascading alarm stuff. Right, um, right. Right, which is like, oh, okay, so if I have too many alarms and reminders to do this thing that I just thought might give me a little bit of change in my life, is then really that's, that's draining. Like, what, how, right. how worth it is me, is me, how worth it is it for me right. to, uh, to make this change? And mm -hmm. maybe it's medically necessary. Maybe I just want to feel better. Maybe I just, you know, think I would like to read more books. Like, those, anything like that, if it's causing me undue strain and wearing me out, just the act of doing it is wearing me out, it's not a good goal for you, right? Right. Like it's, it's not ultimately a good goal. I still deal with the... Uh, the list of things in my life that I feel like I should be doing because it's who the guy I was 10 years ago was doing mm. or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Like this was a different me. And I right. don't often enough do an assessment of who the me is now and work and toward... And what you need now. Yeah, and work what toward would... filling those goals. Yeah. Um, and, and instead, I'm just carrying this baggage of things that I should should be doing. And we talk all about it. We talk all about it, it, it in terms of what's sort of in our head and heart and the cognitive load and the guilt and shoulds, can't do shoulds. That doesn't make them not exist. Right. It makes right. me not think about them right now. But in the dark, late at night, when I'm trying to go to bed, I absolutely still think about them. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I feel that way. And I see it, this a lot with clients too, around like meditation. Meditation is such a good thing for us. We know this, we know it's been studied. It's good for ADHD years. You can meditate in your own way, right? There, it, it, It's, but it's always this like, there's always this should, I should be doing this, but I'm not, or it's so Mm -hmm. hard to do and I'm not doing it. And that's, that feels like this fits into that a little bit. Like it's a goal that I don't want it to drain me. So I need to rephrase it. Like I need to reframe it in my mind on how I want to add this into my life without it feeling like a chore or feel like it's something I have to do. Where do I get to the point where I just want to do it? And it is, is giving me the energy that I, that I am craving. So yeah, that's, that's what resonated with that is, is, you know, and I have to think on that more. Like, I think that there's more reflection there that has to be done about why that might feel like a chore. How about number three, avoid resolutions with number goals. I think this is hard in some respects, right? Because we're so number oriented. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to exercise 30 minutes a day. I'm going to, you know, like it's very easy to put a number in front of it. But I really like the idea um, because this is where she's talking about fun, which stands for flexible, uplifting and numberless to guide her resolutions. Uh, And so it really goes back into reframing the conversation of, I just, you know, I want to add more movement in my life. Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot he- like healthier. And, well, not healthier. I guess they're all healthy. But adding more movement in my life feels softer to me <laughs> than exercising boot camp for 30 minutes yeah. <laughs> a day. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that is, yeah, that's how, that's where I go with that. What do you think? Well. I I agree with you. And spe- speaking specifically of fitness, I think there's a thing that I have to let go of and have and work toward letting go of, which is that, um, you know, it, it's hard to rally around a gym regimen for me um, that isn't ego based, right? Because mm-hmm. it was when I was in my twenties. You know, I would sure. go to the gym. It absolutely was, and I have to let go of the fact that going to the gym is not about trying to look like Chris Evans, right? Right. Going to the gym is about living a long and healthy life. And there are a lot of other ways to get physical activity in my life that, that that I might attach more meaning to and lead to the same outcome. And so I don't have to go for, you know, I want to be able to lift a certain number of pounds. I don't need to go to lose a certain uh, um, amount of weight specifically. And in, in my case, I have to, I have to change the way I think about this element of my life, because as part of the instruction manual for being a human being, movement is important. And Mm -hmm. I understand Mm -hmm. that I understand, I can internalize that, right? Mm -hmm. Movement is important for being alive. And as Mm -hmm. long as I want to be alive, I need to move. It's a condition. Um, so that that's an important thing for me is just reframing like how how does movement fit into into my space? I think that's a really good point. And you know, in in recent news, uh, Lisa Marie Presley passed away uh, yeah. from you know a car- cardiac arrest. Um, I yeah, I'm not sure the details. Yeah, and uh, I was reading the article about her, and then of course we had. Um, 
they were talking about how in women, especially like heart disease and heart attacks are like the number one killer. And it really got me thinking about exercise and movement and my heart. So really disconnecting it away from um, weight and vanity to wait a minute, like this, this woman was only 54 years old. Right. And I don't know what her health history was or anything, but it was a, it was a little wake up call. Like, okay, yeah. maybe I need to pay a little bit more attention to, to this. So I think it is, it's, it's less about the numbers and more again about how you want to feel and, and, um, and, uh, being healthier, but not yeah. necessarily tying a number to it. Yeah. Well, you know, I do the same thing with books every year I go through, cause I track everything on, you know, these services I've talked about Goodreads and, and um, uh, Storygraph and and these services. And at the end of the year, they tell you, here's how many books you read and all the things, like how many pages, what was your longest book? What was your shortest book? And I really, I like all that, that data, mm-hmm. but it's sneaky. Like you can't quite see it, for, or at least for me, I can't quite see it until it, after it has happened when I have readjusted my expectation for the coming year around performance last year which is okay oh. say i so last year i read 51 books i guess i should read 52 this year mm. but wow. that's bonkers that's not it the is. point yeah the point is exactly. i yeah i enjoy stories i should yeah really i should you, read you spent fewer time books doing more something deeply. you enjoy doing so yeah. that's awesome god for, like god forbid that's yeah. the success there yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah. i i enjoy it and i shouldn't uh i, I shouldn't have to you know, Put a number on it. Devour mm-hmm. each book just so I can beat some ridiculous, like my personal track record. Like yeah. that's not that's not the reason I I read. So right. then, what is the reason I read? I get joy out of it. It calms me down. Mm-hmm. I go to sleep to it. Um, like all of those reasons for me, like heart and head health, are mm-hmm. more important about why I spend time doing this thing. And so that should determine how I allocate my time. Um, number four, recognize your limits. Be honest with yourself about whether you truly have the time and energy to devote yourself to the goal while still giving your body time to rest or relax. What do you think? I love this one because it reminds me of the spoon theory. How many spoons? What's the, what's the spoon theory? Remember, yes. you're the one that told us that. I know. Like, I like many... it when you talk to me about oh, it. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yes. I don't remember it exactly. So you're going to have to fill in the gaps that I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but I remember like, you know, you have so many spoons per day and like something will, you know, maybe you have a full um, morning of meetings. And so that takes two of your spoons and you only have two spoons left. And how do you want to use those spoons? And I just think it's such a great way to kind of like, you know, be flexible and around your boundaries and knowing that, okay, I really don't have any spoons left. Last week, I remember, um, and, and this is, this is what reminded me of it. I had a long day, a lot of talking, a lot of listening. And I just told my husband when we were eating, God bless him for putting up with me. I don't want to talk. I have no more spoons left. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, we have spoons. We just don't have forks. We have lots of spoons. And he's, yeah, right. 
because we're always we're always losing forks. He's like, we have lots of spoons. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, but you don't uh, get it. yeah, <laughs> but you know, that's so. Um, I think it it's so helpful though to be able to put a uh, you know a, a a physical object to how I'm feeling. Like I have no more. I have nothing left. Let me just yeah. like you know watch the good place and eat my dinner. <laughs> That was, yeah. that's so funny. It, it reminds me, that's how we used to, my son, when he was very young and had, to, he didn't understand what, how cellular data was measured when you're on a cell phone and that oh, you have a yeah. limited amount of like high speed data. That's, that's less of a concern anymore, but we, it was a real thing because he went on a road trip with his grandparents and they dipped into Canada and he was like streaming Netflix in the car. <laughs> in Canada. And so we started as he was, he's young. And so the only thing he really knew about was pizza. So we, we sort of, we we started saying, okay, what happens when you eat the pizza? Like eventually what's going to happen? You're going to run out of pizza. So data was pizza. And we Mm -hmm. still to this day refer to uh, limited resources as pizza. Everything is pizza as well. And I think that that also is true. Like eventually you're going to run out of pizza. Right. Um, Right. And, uh, and so I, I think that uh, for for me, that is that's the important thing because there are pizzas of many different sizes and flavors, and I can't you know I don't have unlimited giant pizza. I can't eat all right. of the pizza. I can't accomplish everything. I have to. Everything has to have a a, a reason mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. exist in my life, and I think that's really uh, you know that's the thing to understand about my ADHD is that. Uh, at, at, I'm going to hit that limit. Yes. In yes. unpredictable ways. Right. Yes. Like in like in, in something I may have a total handle on one day, maybe one week, maybe for a whole year is going to destroy me on one random day. I just won't right. be able to cope with it. There will be too many other s- signals, too much noise. And I'll just I'll just flag it and have to go eat crap and destroy <laughs> well, my body. I think that this is where the expectations also come into play, right? Like it's recognizing your physical limits and and mental limits, but it's also saying, I don't have to have every hour mean I have to do something or, or, you know, take a task off or or, uh, of my list, or I have to do this, I have to do that. It's okay to have that downtime and be able to rest and relax and not expect all of this from yourself because your brain needs to, to rest. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I, and, and that takes us to number five, make a resolution, go ahead and make a resolution to do less, mm-hmm. right? Make a resolution yeah. to slow down. I really like this too, because it goes back to the burnout conversation that we had with Casey Dixon uh, a yeah. couple months ago. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest takeaways I had in that conversation was burnout the the solution to burnout is not taking a vacation and it's not keeping your life the same. It, it is having to let go of something. You have to let go of something and yeah. you need to add space in your life, not to fill it with something else, but to just be free. And, and uh, I really, that really has stuck with me. And I think that that's where I went when I, when I read this is it's okay to do less. It's okay to slow down. Being busy yeah. all the time isn't necessarily where you want to be. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and there's this axiom, right, that the that the length it takes you to, the amount of time it takes you to do any particular task will fill to the amount of time available to you to do mm-hmm. it. 
mm-hmm. uh, right? So unconstrained time leads to unrestrained task. Right. And I think that's that it can apply generally in ADHD, but I don't think I don't think it'll apply forever because mm-hmm. I, I run into this. At the end of the day, I'm rescheduling tasks that I thought I was going to be able to get done mm-hmm. and I couldn't get them done for any re- any number of reasons. Maybe it was real life reasons like introduction or maybe it was Pete brain reasons like ADHD. Right. I just couldn't couldn't get my way around it. But to resolve to do less on any given day, to to plan my day by taking out one thing, just one thing each day, like doing a time decleanse. Yeah. I think, and I, I don't, I haven't really tested this, but my hunch is eventually you'll run into the balance of number of things you can accomplish on any given day. My sense is eventually we can get there. Eventually mm-hmm. we can find time. But, but part of the problem, part of the reason that I get tied up and time blind is because um, I am, I, I have so many things on the task that my brain just gets dizzy and yeah. can't really focus on. It's like way too big of an elephant to even possibly conceptualize eating, let alone yeah. see what shape it is, right? It's like, it's well, way too you big. Never get still, to, yeah. You never get to the point where it's good enough. Like it's never yeah. good enough. Like I always have to right. do more than, or if I didn't do what I thought and I only got a halfway through, it's not, it's not good enough. And it's like, if we can just figure out, like, it's okay to, to do less and to have that be good enough and yeah. that you don't have the resources to finish it today. And that's okay. You didn't yeah. fail. And, and recognizing that I didn't, that I don't have the resources to finish everything means explicitly that I'm going to push things to for future days. And that also is going to be okay. You're not a robot. You're not Um, a production robot. You know, you're human. I do think that the other side of that is, is leads to kind of how I've been thinking about the, the year, uh, you know, my year for a number of years now, uh, which is around themes, which is around Mm -hmm. the sort of yearly theme. And, and one of my themes some time ago was, um, I, I wanted to feel, I wanted to conscientiously, uh, approach things I feel strongly about, right? Mm-hmm. It was have fewer strong opinions about things because so many things <laughs> I remember you talking in about my that. life, yeah, it just didn't <laughs> matter. I was getting yeah. up in arms because it was important for me for some reason to be up in arms about stuff that just didn't matter. And so I really would stop and somebody would ask me a question. I would say, I don't have a strong feeling about that. You did it to me all the time. And I loved it because it really actually, it was really good because from my point of view, when you said that, I'm like, okay, he really doesn't have a strong feeling about it. But when you do have a really strong feeling about it, then it's like, (laughs) we need to talk about it. Like this needs to be talked about then. But it was actually such a clear way of communicating. Like, yeah. okay, great. And then it made me think, like, do I really care about this? Maybe I don't really <laughs> care about this. Maybe it's okay if we just let this go. <laughs> totally. So. And you know what? You are not the only person to say that. Like, yeah. that has been a real appreciable change. When yeah. you tell people what you don't care about, they tend to listen more astutely when yes. you do. And that <laughs> so matters. True. That matters. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love so that. True. Well, that is a great reflection. I really appreciate that. So that yeah. that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. Like re- make a resolution to do less or to feel less strongly about the things that are giving you trouble because maybe yeah. it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe it, doesn't. it doesn't. That's right. Yeah. That's anyway. right. Uh number 6, view failure as an opportunity to reset. Yeah. 
I like this because it also goes into the growth mindset, right? We talk about growth mindset on the show. We've talked about fixed mindset and uh, that growth mindset is really saying, bring on the failure. It's all a learning opportunity. It's all um, information that I'm gathering. It doesn't mean anything. Um, And, uh, you know, I just, I think it's good to just be open to it and not, not worry about it if it you know don't yeah. be attached to the outcome yeah right right i i i like this and i i feel like uh viewing failure as an opportunity to reset is the the sort of mm, implied opposite is don't view failure as an opportunity to give up Ooh. right and that say that, that again don't view failure as an opportunity to give up oh that is that's really good. <laughs> well, I, I, maybe, maybe it is. It's one of those things that, that latched, it's like attached itself to me that this whole idea that, you know, and, and it pairs nicely with the last, her, her last point in this list, which is uh, spoiler, know that you can always quit. Yeah. But not every failure is an opportunity to quit. Right. Not everything that you that you don't do successfully one day is an opportunity not to try it all the next day. The stuff well, might matter to you. It might matter yeah. even if you don't do it successfully. I've been having this conversation with my son about um, about just working toward something, right? Picking a discipline and studying it to the point of expertise and what that means to really be good at something and then feel the success of mm-hmm. doing it well. That is a that is a beautiful feeling in life to have that. And it doesn't happen every day to everyone. Uh, no. Oh, my gosh. My mind is just spinning on this because I, I see so many different ways it can go. Because you think about, you know, not letting it be a reason to quit. When people get to that level of expertise, it's because they've hit their heads on lots of walls and they kept going. Right? right. You don't just get there overnight um, because they didn't quit. They kept going and they kept figuring out how to do things different or whatever. Right. And so you're right. I think I'm just thinking in the sense of if something it, you try a new system and it doesn't work, it, it don't let that stop you from trying something different or just tweaking it a little bit so that it may it so it does work for you. Like there is. There is this like fine balance between quitting because you really just don't care anymore. Like this, you know, know that you can always quit, right? Give yourself permission to change your mind because at the beginning of the year, you may have had these really ambitious goals and then February comes and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of changing my mind. Maybe not all of them have to happen at once. Like let's change that focus. But no, it's just a really interesting thing that you've said that, really does make you kind of sit and think about want to you want to be open to the the opportunity and to grow and what that looks like um and when is it okay and recognize yeah recognize that some days yeah some days you might not achieve what you thought you would right yeah yeah and it's given that's right okay. i mean yeah sure yeah huh, but if you if you give yourself an excuse to quit then you won't come back the next day and, no, and try it no. again. And, and then what the it feels like to feel good about it. To come in. That's where I yeah. was going to go with that. That was the other right. thing that was spinning in my head is now all these limited beliefs are coming back and, and you know, holding you hostage almost. Because now they're yeah. telling you, you can't do this. 
you shouldn't try anymore. Right. It's not worth right. it. But, you know, is that true? Like, and so now you have to have that conversation of, is this, uh, you know, a, a limiting belief? What is this trying to protect me from? I still want right. this. So I yeah. don't want to quit. Like, yeah, very interesting. Good stuff. You know, I, I guess in in kind of wrapping it up, I one of the reasons I, I reflected on this this particular post was a, a really personal one, which is that I feel like I have made the last 15, 16 years of my career, 17 years of my career, picking up and doing the things that are that I find joyful. Like I quit a corporate job where I was like doing something for a big company and I was a cog, but I was in a good place, making good money, doing, having benefits and retirement, all that stuff. I quit because I wanted to push more buttons, right? I wanted to take more pictures and record more podcasts and be in front of the microphone. Like the, those were the things that gave me joy. Mm -hmm. And that felt like a bold thing at the time. And it's, it, it's funny to me, reflecting on this list, it's funny and maybe a little sad about, just how many times I find I am frustrated with the work because it's the work. Like I've forgotten, I've forgotten that I quit my work job mm. to find joy and be with my kids and drive carpools and all those things. And I made choices and mm -hmm. that comes with some really explicit sacrifices and mm -hmm. I made those choices because I wanted more joy and warmth and growth in my life. And I find at this time of year in particular, it's really easy to lose track of the decisions that 16 year ago Pete made yeah. that set me up to be here today that mm -hmm. set me up to be here to be able to make more choices and find more joy. Like I am more than so many others, so privileged to be able to make choices that in the work that I do to find joy, it is damned selfish of me not to do that, right? Yeah. It's it's like, it is not, it, it's not right not to take advantage of what I've been spending the last decade and a half building. Is and remember, doing so well at. Well, maybe sometimes... Sometimes not. Like it, it happens. It's like any yeah. other job, we all, right? We've all tried stuff. And we've it all tried work. stuff, yeah. and it yeah. doesn't work. But it's joyful. Yeah. Like it's jo right. like remembering what something we talk about all the time is. It is joyful to be able to do this, and you don't always have to have numbers associated with it, yeah. and goals and smart goals and everything to determine your level of success at the thing. You, it can literally just be good. Yes, for you. I, it can just 100 be good in your agree. world. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. All That's right. Me. This is great. Right. Thank you, Pete, for bringing this to our attention. Well, I, I hope so. Uh, and, you know, if you're interested, I don't know if you've heard, Twitter's a nightmare escape. I'm at Pete Wright at Mastodon.social. If you want to see where I find fun stuff now, it's awesome <laughs> over there. And uh, so there you go. That's there all. Go. That's all I've got. Uh, check out that uh, uh, GPS or the uh, check out the open coaching group coaching got to check out the group coaching on the website Just get your name on the wait list don't forget that's all yes absolutely all right. thank you nikki and thank you everybody we appreciate you for downloading and listening to this show thank you for your time and your attention and don't forget if you have something to contribute to the conversation we're heading over to the show talk channel in our discord server and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level on behalf of nikki kinzer i'm pete wright and we'll see you next week right here in taking control the ADHD podcast. Mm -hmm.